On this bonus episode of the Fiddler Chronicles radio show, my chat with Jamie and James from the Dark Side of Insanity live show that was recorded late in the evening of June 1st, 2020. We mostly talked about MK Ultra and the secret mind control experiments and programs, the Kennedy assassination, and how decades of political corruption has led to the chaos of 2020. We also take a moment to remember Art Bell, who passed away two years ago last month, and how there wouldn't even be paranormal and government conspiracy podcasts without him. Be sure to check out their live shows by finding them on Facebook, Dark Side of Insanity, and visit their website, darksideofinsanity.xyz. Also, Jamie and James and I are already planning on our next episode together in the first week of July, a show dedicated to the incident at Roswell when we are planning to talk about what happened out in the desert, the government cover-up, the code of silence, and how it made names like Stanton Freeman household words. Once again, here's my chat with Jamie and James from the Dark Side of Insanity. I'm Eric Render King Fisk. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I'm doing really good, and um, you guys got uh, got the right guest tonight for uh, for the theme of the show. I mean, you want to talk about the dark of insa- dark side of insanity? Uh, you know, I, I have a little summer cottage there that I like to go there once in a while. So I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very excited. I'm not sure if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm pretty happy to finally talk to you guys. Yeah, it's uh, been a few times that we've tried having you on the show, but. Uh... There was like weather condition stuff and things that just kept us from doing it. But I'm glad that we we're able to do it tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited because it it sort of felt like the forces of darkness were were trying to keep us separated and apart and and talk about what's really going on in the world these days. 
So, but, but we persisted. Uh, most definitely, uh, especially with things that are going on right now. I'm sure there's all kinds of things that we could talk about that probably is leading that led, led up to everything that's going on in the world right now. Exactly. How far back do you want to go? Um, uh, as far as all of this is concerned, as, <laughs> as far back as you want to go, that's fine with us. Uh, I'm not sure how back how far back you can go <laughs> well i i think that um if if you want to talk about what's going on right now if we're talking about the riots and everything that's going on in in the world we're, we're watching a societal breakdown of of epic and probably biblical proportions and this is something that has been building up for let I me mean, literally decades. And it's almost as if we've been preconditioned for dystopia. We've been sort of like our collective subconscious somehow knew this was going to happen. We've had decades of media about the apocalypse, about the world coming an end, society coming to an end, um, civilization as we know it ceasing to exist. And it's sort of like, it's almost as if Mad Max and the Road Warrior and post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. movies have sort of been preparing us for all of this. And it's sort of like in the back of our minds, we've, we sort of knew that society was going to come to come to an end somehow, some way. But who knew it was going to be quite like this, except for authors like Stephen King. Um, so do we do we talk about the coronavirus and how the coronavirus and 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 the the pandemic and the quarantine has sort of led to this, or do we go back further? Do we do we talk about like the housing crisis of two thousand seven, two thousand eight, where the economy just fell through the floor and the people who were bailed out were all the large banks that caused this to begin with. Um, you want to go back to the economic crisis of the 1980s, like the stock market crash of, I believe it was um, October of, of 87, um, which is like the precursor to the housing crisis that we had in two, um, uh, 2008. Then you can go back to the OPEC oil crisis uh, of the 70s. I think it goes back even further than that. I think that all of this really sort of started with the assassination of Jack Kennedy. Daily Plaza, November 22nd, 1963. Because he was, he was, he was going to let everybody know exactly what was going on behind the scenes. What was, what the Wizard of Oz was doing behind the curtain, if I could use that metaphor. Definitely, I think that's the perfect metaphor. Um, I think we could definitely go back because I believe everything is has led up to where we are right now, and it's more likely going to get worse. It's oh, it's absolutely it's. Unless we do something to sort of stop the violence that we're seeing in the cities, and I don't, I don't know how we do that. I don't know how we can get the people who the violence that we're seeing on the the, the TV screens and and on our, our cell phones, on all the major networks, everything has been building up to this. Um. I think the worst possible thing that could have happened, and I'm not a medical expert, and I, I don't, and I don't play one on my podcast either. But the problem is, right. is that we've had all of these people, like the vast majority of the American population, who has been cooped up inside their houses since late March, early April, because of this this pandemic crisis, and. My co-host and I, Jason Cousineau and I, we've been arguing a lot about this on our podcast. Is the coronavirus worse than what we're being told or is all this one big experiment? Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think it really matters tonight. And, and it doesn't matter for the last few people, people have been cooped up. They've been forced to stay inside. Then they see this horrific killing 
on TV and people have had enough. Oh, most definitely. Uh, even with, um, it's like right now, if I personally, if I had a car, I'd probably be out amongst everyone else. Yeah. Even if I am afraid. Exactly. So what do you, what do you two think about what's caused the violence that we're seeing, the riots that we're seeing in all the major cities in the United States? What's your take on this? I think everything's just been building up because people are just tired of being sheep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. (laughs) Do you want to talk about how we became sheep in this country? Do you guys have any speculation about what happens to us in... How how do we as Americans, who defeated the the greatest evil the world had ever known at the time, meaning the Nazis, how could we have defeated the Nazis in 1945 and then become this, what we see right now? And also, the riots that we're seeing right now parallels the riots of the 1960s. It's almost as if it's reciprocal. Um, One of the things you and I um, had talked about uh, in, in some of our pre-show conversations. One of the things I, and this has been really weighing heavy on my mind. Are you guys familiar with MK Ultra? No. I have heard of it, but I honestly don't know really anything about it. Okay. Um, going back to the late 1940s, and maybe even sooner and sooner than that, the CIA under one of the original directors, Alan Dulles, came up with the idea of mind control. How could we create a, and I'm using air quotes when I say this, Manchurian candidate. How could the federal government, the CIA, create secret assassins to do whatever it is that they wanted people to do? And... And get away with it. How could we program people to act like robots and and commit atrocities? How could we train soldiers to be better killers? How could we train assassins to be better assassins? How could we train people to do whatever it is, Big Brother, as it were, the President of the United States, or whoever is really in charge of the country wants to do? And they, they hired this guy by the name of Dr. Stephen Goteb, who was doing experiments with LSD. And they thought that this was the perfect mind control um, medicine or whatever. And they tried different chemicals um, in these secret experiments. The CIA was committing secret experiments in the United States to see if they could control people, individuals at first and then large groups of people. Um, And this went on for decades. And the project was called MK Ultra, And I think it's amazing and shocked that people just don't remember this. People don't seem to... Um, people have no idea that our, our government did this. Uh, These, definitely. Um, yeah, I've, I know um, I listen to a lot of uh, nighttime talk radio and... Like uh, even the late great Art Bell yep. uh, would talk about that. I think that the amazing thing about Art Bell, and if it was if it wasn't for Art Bell, there wouldn't be. And I don't mean to overstate this. If it wasn't for Art Bell, right. I think that a lot of people in this country would still be asleep. I think that, and there would not be so many podcasts today that are trying to fill his shoes that he left when he, when he first left the, his radio show Coast to Coast and then Midnight in the Desert. Um, Art Bell was on to something. And he was trying to get people to understand what was going on in this country. And, and MK Ultra was one of the biggest things that he used to talk about. Um, if... I, I just wanted to could I could I read something here from from, from the History Channel just so people just so people just so people don't think that I'm actually like making this up as I'm going along because this is this is the crazy thing because when you tell people about MK Ultra they've never heard about it 
But 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 this is actually from the History yeah. Channel. MK Ultra yeah, MK Ultra was a top secret CIA project which the agency conducted hundreds, literally hundreds of clandestine experiments, some sometimes on unwitting citizens to assist assess the potential use of LSD and other drugs for mind control, information gathering, and psychological torture. Though Project MK Ultra lasted from 1953, I was a little I was a little early until about 1973. Details of the illicit program didn't become public until 1975 during a congressional investigations into widespread illegal CIA activities within the United States and around the world. And here's the crazy thing. The CIA abducted citizens out of the blue and experimented on them. And... I don't know if I subscribe to this theory or not, but a lot of people who claim that they were abducted by aliens may actually have been victims of of MK Ultra, and we're and 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 we're talking hundreds of experiments on people. One of the experiments was this crazy project. I know it's funny to bring up. Um, it was called Operation Midnight Climax, and try and say that without laughing. Where they yeah, would, I can't think it without laughing. <laughs> they would hire good-looking women agents to seduce young young men on the prowl looking for company back to these back to these loft apartments where there were actually doctors waiting for these young men and experimented on them with LSD all weekend and then tried to put these the suggestion inside their head that you were abducted by aliens or you were having you were having a great time with these playboy models or 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 whatever and there are countless people out there who committed these horrible crimes afterwards um there was there was also an aspect of MK Ultra that used people like Whitey Bulger, who was who became like a, like a renowned criminal um, in the seventies and eighties. During the nineteen fifties and sixties, when he was apprehended and sent to jail, they did experiments on him. I'm sure that you've heard of Ted Kaczynski, who was oh, yeah. <laughs> the Ted, Ted Kaczynski turned out to be a um, a subject of MK Ultra, and everybody, and and he wrote this long, drawn-out manifesto. Um, and he said in his manifesto that one of the things that happened when he was in college for the brief short time that the government did experiments on him. When I was living in Brattleboro, Vermont, we had this this woman, Crazy Mary, who escaped on several times from. Um, the the local mental hospital, the Brattleboro Retreat. We all everybody had a story about Crazy Mary. Crazy Mary would be this woman who would escape, and she'd run to the nearest house, the this nearest building and uh, nearest business, and she'd say, "People are are doing experiments on me. They're doing experiments on me," and everybody was like under instructions from the local media. They were told if you have an encounter with Crazy Mary. Just call the police or call the Brattleboro Retreat hotline and we'll pick her up right away. And everybody thought that she was crazy. There are countless, there are countless people who had been abducted and they, had, they were experimented on. And, and those were just individuals. And then you hear about, you think, okay, those are just select, select people. Eric, and then it, and then it turns out like there was like, what would happen if we if, if we put like chemicals in the water? What if we put chemicals in the water to sedate people, like fluoride? And I know that this sounds like a crazy. Oh, what's that? Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just uh, about to mention that, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about that because that's one of the major things that they put in our water is fluoride. Fluoride. And, and yet it's a poison, too. Right. It, well, not only is it a poison, but it's also the inactive ingredient um, for for um, medicines that are given to people who who um, who are manic depressives. I mean, we're, we're putting pharmaceuticals in the water to control people. And the crazy thing is, is that, that we know the names of these people. Um, we know the names of these people who committed these horrible experiments and nobody went to jail. No, none, of these, none of these people went to jail. Stephen Goteb essentially got a slap on the wrist. His name is now infamous. But they also did this other experiments. They actually had, they actually had in the 1960s, 1968, 1969, they had at in San Francisco, the city of San Francisco, in the Haight-Ashbury, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, um, region of, uh, of the city where they had an LSD clinic run by Stephen Goteb running um, an experiment for MKUltra and they're 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 giving drugs out to people who are now nefarious members of the Manson family. Um, and there's also um, you know projects like um, or um, Operation Mockingbird, where the CIA was was like using publications like um, the New York Times to publish disinformation about people. Um, and, and of course, keep that all in the back of your head and then sort of unrelated Jeffrey Epstein. And if you're watching on Netflix, they have a, a mini series on Jeffrey Epstein and how Jeffrey Epstein was able to get away with everything that he was getting away with. And then we have, and then we have for the relief programs or the leaf relief bills that Congress and the Senate are passing through. And while people are out of work, unemployment is running out, people are not able to pay the bills, pay the mortgage, take care of their families because they're not able to go to work, our government is doing all these bailout programs for large industry. People are angry. So you have all of this going on in the back of everybody's mind. And then, like I said earlier, you see this horrible killing of this innocent man, George Floyd, who you literally see him, his his neck crushed by a police officer. Who you literally watch this man die in front of your eyes, and that's what I think that I think that the American people are finally starting to realize what's been going on. All the things that I've mentioned so far in the show. Um, I think that this is all. I, I think that we've been leading up to this. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. And I, I may have. I, you know, I'm. I may be one of those people who go on the deep, off the deep end. But I don't know. I'm not sure anymore. I don't. I don't know where to, where to begin in trying to explain what's happening. But, um, but I, I mean, it's is, is this part of the paranormal experience of, of the United States? I, I'm not sure, but it's certainly, it's not even conspiracy theory anymore. Right. I, I think we're off the cliff. Definitely, because we're actually living it now. <laughs> yeah, this is no longer theory. This is, and, and, and I don't even like to use the phrase conspiracy theory anymore. I like, I, when, I, when people ask me what it is that I do, I say that I talk about government conspiracies and cover-ups and a a conspiracy is when you have one or two people two or more people get together to commit a crime and this is what we're witnessing here and i think people are angry at the crimes that are being committed so 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 go ahead yep uh yeah (laughs) sorry so do you think that like um, everything's leading up to like governmental takeover with like martial law and things like that, or do you, do you think that's not even in the picture? Um, 
if you've if you've read George Orwell's 1984 and Animal Farm, and if you haven't yet, the, I mean, those are two really es- essential books, and those are the books that really sort of set me off on the path that I'm on now. Um, I I think that um, this is sort of like a social experiment that's that's gone awry. I do. I I I think it's like I think that what they whoever they are the let's just call them the oligarchs or the deep state um and when i and also when i say deep state i'm not talking about a secret cabal like the illuminati that meet out in the woods in bohemian grove in robes and and have these elaborate sacrifices um to the owl god um when i when, when i say the deep state i'm i'm talking about the military industrial complex that eisenhower warned us about what eisenhower actually wanted to warn us about was not the, just the military industrial complex he wanted to warn us about the military industrial congressional media complex that we're building towards something and I, th- I think that w- the, their end goal was to create the, um, a ruling class elite with all of us as servants and serfs. Um, and I, I think that this social experiment of theirs is, has gotten away because there's so, many, there's so many mistakes that they've made. There's so many mistakes that they've made along the way. Um, and I and I don't think that they're geniuses. I think that they're bumbling idiots who are just evil and nefarious with a lot of power. I do think I do think that we are heading towards a police state. As I'm as as I was doing the, the show prep for this, um, the president's about ready to declare martial law. Yeah, that kind of uh, I didn't even see it on uh, stations because we're in Northeast Alabama and none of the stations played the, his live press conference it wasn't even a press conference <laughs> he was just like stating matter of factly of uh, what was he was gonna put in place and i had to watch it live on facebook yeah um looking at one of my favorite news sources um that i like to i like to use once in a while you know i mean talking about fortress white house where there are rioters right outside the White House that were about to, ready to bl- to break the fence and storm the White House. And the president is in a bunker. I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about Donald Trump. Um, and I, I, and I, I, don't, I don't have any feelings for Donald Trump at all. I think he's a puppet. Um, right. Um, but, this, but these are, they're deploying the military to these cities to fight angry, frustrated citizens, people who do, and to quote George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life, Frank Capra's perfect movie. You know, all the people who do the, the working, the working and the living and the dying and the tax paying, the people, I mean, average people who are angry about what they see on TV or, and, and the media are, they're all enemies of the state, and it's and it's terrifying. But I, um, I I'm going to say something. That's, if I haven't said it already, I'm going to say something controversial. Um, okay. I, I, um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that this is this is Donald Trump's fault. I think that this is like the fault of the of, um, of the government as a whole, Republicans and Democrats. I think that this is um, this is this is this is like we're coming up on in in 2023. I think that we're coming up on the 60th anniversary. This is this is like 60 years in the making, um, because I mean, you look at the you look at the riots during the 1960s. That's all. That's that's all. That's a lot of that had a lot to do with the racial unrest, the civil unrest, and the Vietnam protests. That's all Johnson. Johnson was a Democrat. The crisis of the 1970s, the economic and energy crisis of the 1970s. 
That's Carter. Carter's a Democrat. Stock market crash, all of these clandestine things that happened, Iran-Contra, that's all Reagan's fault. Reagan's, Reagan's a Democrat. Pushing through all of these international trade deals that sent jobs overseas um, and allowed you know, the flood of, 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 of cheap labor from, um, from Mexico and South America to come. That's, that's all Bill Clinton's fault. That's all. And, you know, and all the, and, and the contract with America under Newt Gingrich, that's all, that's a Republican and Democrat fault. Um, you know, and, and looking at all of these things that have happened, this is, this is, this is, this is a garbage sandwich that everybody had a part to eat in who's in, gro- in government and they're taking us to uh, demanding that we take a bite and we're not. Um, I, I think that we are heading towards a fascist state. I think we're heading towards a police state. And I don't think you can blame either party. I mean, there's probably listeners right now who are probably, you know, um, um, saying something on the, um, you know, to the contrary on the chat that you have. But I think that I think that we're looking at 60 years of failed American policy, domestic policy, most of all. Um, and I, I think that I, I just I just published a, a, an episode of my podcast Friday um, talking about the hope and optimism of George Orwell's 1984. I think that George Orwell was an optimist if he knew if he knew about the technology that we have today, um, he, he'd, he'd be astounded. Um because we give away all this data. Big Brother does not need to actively, like, you know, violate our privacy. We're giving away our privacy. I do think we're heading towards a police state. And I think it's also a police state of our making. You know, I mean, as much as I love Facebook and Twitter and social media, Instagram, you're advertising where you are and what you've done, you know, as you're doing it. So they don't, they don't need to surveil us anymore. We're doing it for them. Yeah, and definitely. And we're even giving them permission by signing the uh, agreements, uh, clicking okay and agree whenever you download these things, the forms and the, like Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and things that we're help, pretty much saying, okay, uh, don't even have to read it. Go ahead and spy on me with my permission. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and is it even is it isn't it even is it even spying when you're giving away the information for free? What 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 what's what's the spying? Is it the fact that they're looking at? Uh, is I mean, is it that they're looking at the data that we give them voluntarily without our permission? Is that the spying? You know. I, it's it's amazing. So, I mean, what do you guys think? What where do you think we're going with all of this societal breakdown? What do the two of you think? I have no idea. All I know is usually things get worse before they're going to get better. But I don't know if things is going to get better. I think things are going to get worse before they get worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, because another, another thing that, um, really kind of concerns me is the collapse of the infrastructure of our, of our country. I don't know how things are down in, in Alabama. You go, you go driving on the highways here in, in New England and you go under your, what do you call it when a when a bridge goes over the highway? Do you guys call that an underpass? Because that's what we call it here in the in in um in New England. Yes, underpass. Do you ever do you ever look up and you see the state of the bridges and you see these large giant chunks of rust that are just about ready to fall off? And it's yeah. Do you, do you guys have potholes like we do up here in New England? Well, I think everybody's got potholes. Every, uh, yeah, <laughs> that can swallow your car. <laughs> but why? Why? Why do we have? We're the richest country in the world, allegedly. Why do we have? Why do we have bridges that are falling apart, and we have these giant potholes? How come? How come we? You know, I mean, should I bring up 
the, the, the Flint water? Should I bring up the water in Flint? Oh. And the thing is, is that the water, uh, the water in Flint is still filthy. But so, and, yeah, the last time I heard, they were still bringing in bottles of water, and I don't even know if they're giving it out anymore. I mean, I don't think so. And the thing is, is is that I read a statistic saying that there are about fifteen hundred other cities in the United States that have water that's worse than Flint. That's why people are rioting. That's another reason why. How much how much money do we pay in taxes? I mean, what's the percentage of, of, of our paychecks that are taken out in taxes and where is the money going? Endless endless wars. So, you know, these secret clandestine projects by the NSA. The NSA has a facility in Utah where they have literally hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of terabytes of information that, that they're gathering on all of us, which I mentioned and I also mentioned in our last show. And, and the thing is, is that our schools are in horrible shape. We send our kids to some of the worst schools that you could possibly imagine that were like nightmare scenarios 30, 20 years ago. And people are angry because all everything, the, the money that we pay goes to protect the, the, the oligarchs who run this country. You look at somebody like Amazon, like um, Jeff Bezos, who runs Amazon. He's on, he's on track to being the world's first trillionaire. And look at this. Look at the infrastructure. Wow. Look at the infrastructure. So I think that you know, I I, I think you guys are, are 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 kind and generous if you say you don't know because I think that there's I think we're blocking it out. We we can't we can't for a minute contemplate where this is really going. I think we're in a state of denial. Um. Uh, we are in a state of denial. I mean, uh, people are angry. They say they're angry over the, I mean, the, uh, yeah, George Floyd. Yes. Uh, make sure I say this correctly because I don't want to piss nobody off. Right. But yes, George Floyd died. But there's also been countless numbers of people that have been killed by police. And it gets, yeah, it might get a little bit of, uh, attention on uh, the news, but you're right. People are in denial and they're angry. They say they're angry about this, but in the back of their head, they've got to be angry about everything else that's going on. Sure. Cost of health care. You know, there. I mean, how many thirty thirty million people don't have health care? I, I I might be wrong about that statistic. I think, I, I think there's actually more than that. Uh, we have, thanks to the coronavirus pandemic quarantine, one in five people are out of work because the businesses have just evaporated. You know, once the quarantine is lifted and these people who don't have jobs, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? You know, they could get jobs rebuilding the cities that were burning down, but with what money? We're printing money like crazy. And it was, uh, are you familiar with, with the concept of, of, of fiat currency in the petrodollar? Uh, I've somewhat heard of it, but I... Haven't. I never have. <laughs> okay. But I know nothing about it. Okay. Once upon a time in America... A, a, a dollar bill or any any denomination of, of, of money, of currency, was essentially a demand note because carrying around coins is pretty unruly. And could you, could you imagine carrying around a coin large enough to represent a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty, a hundred? Could you just imagine, carrying, you know... And what happens when, if you're carrying around all of this money, you set it down, you lose it. And it's like, oh my God, have you seen my bag of money? Um, so the thing is, is that the, a, a, a dollar is, was supposed to represent a certain 
amount of gold or silver. It was a, a dollar was a demand note for one of the precious metals such as gold and silver. And that had value. And it's like uh, like the, the phrase, you know, um, a day's, uh, um, you know, like the, a day late and a dollar short kind of came from the idea that, that, that a good wage was a dollar a day. Um, and that's what a dollar, a dollar was meant to represent at one point in time in American history, a day's wage. Um, right. And... And then we had this, we had this because we had the gold standard. We had all of this gold in Fort Knox that was to, that's what backed our currency. Because if anything should ever happen to the, the American dollar, we could always go back to the gold standard exchange in, in, in gold again. God forbid if anything should ever happen. And this is a very abbreviated story or a very abbreviated explanation. And then the thought had occurred um, to the U.S. government that we should slowly start to move off of the, the gold standard and put the value towards something else. Um, and then it was just like the dollar became in the 19th, 50s or 60s became the world exchange currency, the the the, the reserve currency of, of the gold, um, because um, our our dollar went to represent a certain amount of fuel or energy that was coming out of the Middle East. Um, like if Saudi Arabia or the Middle East ever needs anything from us. The oil-producing countries need anything from us. We'll be there immediately to help them out because of the petrodollar. Because they will only do business in American dollars. That's what's actually helping to keep our economy up. And as the price of fuel fluctuates, the value of the dollar also fluctuates on the global market. Now, did you guys know that last, within the last six weeks, there was a day when the stock market was in, was in crisis because the price of oil was in free fall and it went into negative territory. Like a barrel of oil cost literally negative $37 a barrel, which, which means wow. that if you, quote, bought a barrel of oil, they would give you $37 because they didn't they had so much of it for the month of May. Back in April, they had they had the projected supply of oil that was so much, they had nowhere to put it. So they were actually paying people to store it. It's more complicated than that. And so the thing is, is that the American dollar is the global currency. And the and the and the problem with that is that what what would happen what would happen to America if they started to say we're going to start we're going to start trading only in euros or German Deutschmarks or go back to the British pound what would happen to the American economy um, I think I think that we'd be can I say screwed on your on, on your podcast. Yeah. yeah we would be we would be screwed we yeah. would be screwed um but I, I i i think that um but here's the thing it's not just america that's in trouble right now the new because there are there were riots in hong kong earlier this year there were riots in france last year there are riots breaking out all over the world in, in, in certain, certain spots. And on top of that, 
um, South America and Africa, they're having their coronavirus outbreaks, and it's going to be worse than the United States and what Europe had. Because, I mean, their healthcare system is not as, as, as good as ours. And I don't mean to say that it, like I'm, I'm pounding my chest saying, you know, USA, USA. I'm not, I don't mean that at all. I'm saying that our healthcare is bad. Their healthcare is worse because they're impoverished. Then they're impoverished because of the way the global corporations treat these regions of the world. Um, but I think that because of podcasts and independent media, I think that people are starting to wake up and realize we are getting screwed. And I, and I, and the only way that the only way that, that the oligarchs who are running this country and run the world can keep a lid on things is giving more handouts and deploying the military and I wouldn't be surprised if they start like putting more chemicals in, well, yeah, more chemicals in, in the water that we drink and the food that we eat. Um, I think we're, I think we're heading towards a police state. And I think that um, as crazy as it sounds, and I know that this, hey, this sounds conspiratorial. I know this sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory. Um, I, th I think that we are heading towards a one world fascist state where the corporations not the governments but the corporations that are going to be running the world i think that i think that by 2030 2040 i think it's going to be the corporations that are going to take full control over over all the world governments right yeah it's like uh earlier today whenever i was uh listening to trump I was, my heart was dropping and I was so, so sure that the two words I did not want to hear come out of his mouth, which luckily they didn't, but I thought for sure that he was going to say martial law today. Well, but he, 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 he said everything, everything he, he, his words danced around martial law. It's like a square dance. And in the middle of the square dance is the words martial law. Um, yeah. there, there, um, there's a curfew in all the major cities. New York city has the first curfew since 1943 because of the, you know, because of world war two, we actually, we actually thought the, that the Germans might actually have, planes that could have crossed the Atlantic. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why they instituted the curfew in 1943, because they actually thought that the Germans could bomb um, uh, the United States. We thought that there could be, there's a possibility that they could have a transatlantic bomber. They didn't, but um, I mean, could you, could you imagine having to go into your homes in New York City, before eight o'clock or nine o'clock tonight, could you imagine that sundown? Like a child, you have to go back into your house. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I still can't imagine it. If, yeah, so I used to because a lot of Columbus, Ohio, is on the news. I used to live in Columbus, Ohio. I grew up there. And the things that I saw going on there, I, I'm, my mouth just pretty much hit the floor. I'm like, really? I don't even recognize it no more. What else are you saying? <clears throat> what, el what else are you seeing on the news that informs you of what the world's going to look like in a couple of years? Uh, nothing looks the same. Everything's boarded up broken uh in a few years i it just depends on really how long this goes on for uh, if the if i think it's going to look like something out of it's already looking like something out of the movies it's going to look even more so something like i am legend where yeah. the streets are completely empty people are not allowed to go out of their homes 
and I mean, I saw a video uh, was it last night of people on their porch and the, uh, the National Guard going down the street and saying, go inside, go inside. And the people weren't. And the National Guard said, light them up. Yeah. And they started shooting, uh, I'm guessing, non-lethal weapons at them because nobody died. But it's happening on our streets. And it's something that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Um, there's a couple of news stories that we talked about. Um, if you actually do, um, and I, I don't use Google anymore. I use DuckDuckGo because apparently Google has been making a profit off of selling our, um, information. Um, but you, you do an internet search for just the phrase buys riot gear and click on the news tab. Uh, two weeks ago, there were all of these news stories. Federal government buys riot gear. Um, one of the sites that I like to um, visit once in a while, The Intercept, um, even though it's gone downhill in the, in the past couple of months. Federal government buys riot gear. Increases security funding, citing coronavirus pandemic. So about two weeks ago, somebody, somebody opened up a history book. And so what usually happens after a lengthy quarantine? Oh, okay. Oh, so they have riots. Maybe we should buy some riot gear. They knew this was going to happen. They knew. They knew that people were going to take to the street. It was just a matter of when. It was a matter of when people were going to be so fed up and so angry. Because, and, and I'll say it again, I said this at the beginning of the show, people are not angry about um, just this one thing. This thing was the, this is the last straw. George Floyd's death was the last straw. People are, you have, you're sitting home, you're watching these documentaries about how the oligarchs get away with so many crimes. You see the government giving all of these handouts to billionaires and corporations while other people who are in desperate need um, and it was just, I, and I don't, I, and here's the thing. I don't even know if, if the, the two people running for president right now who are going are probably going to win in November, unless something drastic happens, I don't, think, I don't think Donald Trump can save this. I don't think that Joe Biden can save this. I, I, I think that we're so far down the rabbit hole and we are so deep into the other side of the looking glass, you know, to, to, you know, to use an Alice in Wonderland um, metaphor or two. I I I think that we are so broken. It's going to take a miracle to pull us out. And I think that I think that part of that miracle is getting people to, you know, um, go back to work, earn decent livings, and allow people to go out to restaurants and bars and socialize. Go out to movies with the understanding that everybody has to have a mask. Everybody's going to social distance. And we haven't even we haven't even talked about the, the the conspiracy of the coronavirus yet. I don't know how I don't know if you I don't know how you're pressed on time. I don't know how how long you, um, I don't know how long you guys have left. <laughs> uh, six minutes. You have six minutes. Um, I had, and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna keep you guys up at night, probably more so. Um. I I need I needed to send my my mixing board out for servicing, and I got a job one of the gig economy jobs, um, driving for one of the rideshare companies, and I was picking up um, people around MIT and Harvard University, and I picked up this one young lady, who is a doctoral student in virology, um, 
and I didn't find out until we actually had this conversation. And she and and um, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm Eric, and I'll be your driver for the next twenty minutes." You know, and um, how are you doing today? And she said, "I'm I'm fine." And and she asked me, "So what do you do when you're not driving?" Because people are fascinated with what their drivers do when they're not driving. I run a podcast. I talk about government cover-ups, conspiracies, um, and all like that. And she's and 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 the paranormal. And uh, I asked, "Well, what do you do?" And she said. I'm a virology student. I study viruses, and I says, "Oh, that's that's really interested. Interesting. What what do you what do you like about it?" And she says, "I don't. I don't like anything about it." And I said, "How come?" And she said that as a doctoral student of virology, she's been studying how we handle viruses and how we're doing experiments on viruses, and we're we're trying to see if we can make them rugged and make them more more um, immune to um, medicines and, an and antiviral medicines and whatnot. And as the economy keeps going downhill, all of these institutions all over the world are cutting corners on uh, containment. And it terrified her that some of the viruses that they were working on like like some crazy guy was working on weaponizing rabies for some reason and wow. weaponizing rabies and she was scared to death that one of these bio labs was going to have a containment breach and there was going to be a pandemic of epic proportions does this sound familiar? And mm -hmm. and her, she was terrified that the epicenter of the next pandemic was going to be Boston, Cambridge, Worcester, Massachusetts, or um, one of the big universities in New York City. Never thought that it would happen in, in a place like China. The Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Institute of Viral Studies in Wuhan, China, were doing gain-of-function tests on coronavirus. And past this past January, one of the doctors that worked at one of these laboratories was sent to prison because he was sending, he was selling animals that they had experimented on at the the wet market just across the street from from one of these these laboratories. I'm. I'm afraid that the news is going to come out that what we're experiencing right now is because a bug, a virus, escaped one of the laboratories. Because um, we've been past due for a... Yeah, past due. Um, we've been playing with fire for so long. We're past due for getting burned. Um, and I think that everything that we're experiencing right now has everything to do with the fact that something somebody was playing with in a lab escaped. I don't think it was planned. I think it was, I think it's an accident and the accident is far more terrifying. If somebody, if somebody like purposely re released this, I, I, I think that's, that's, it's unconscionable. Um, but I think yeah. that, I think I think that we're heading towards dark times, and we didn't even get a chance to talk about all the UFO sightings in Brazil. <laughs> the Pentagon, <Right. laughs> the Pentagon has admitted, hey, um, by the way, um, there there are actual UFOs, and we have them on video. Um, I I think that on the one hand, I think that we're on the brink of of disclosure. And on the other hand, I think that we're on the brink of a fascist state as predicted by the likes of George Orwell and um, Alexis Husley, who wrote Brave New World, which is another book people are totally ignoring but should should read. Um, and I don't know. I don't have the answers. I, I don't know how we're going to fix this because I'm, I'm a podcaster hiding out in the woods of, of New Hampshire. Like I'm, I'm sure that you guys are, are are bunkered down somewhere in Alabama. Yeah, we've been bunkered down now for what since that March. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, we've just only went out to the stores whenever we necessarily had to. I feel yeah. So 
Um, <laughs> but there's so there's. But here's the thing: this is the best time to be a conspiracy theorist because of all the things that we can talk about now. Um, but they're not, like I said earlier, they're not conspiracy theories anymore. There's a great there's a great documentary called Collapse. That I think that everybody should should watch. It's actually like a monologue by this guy Michael Rupert that I had the pleasure of meeting back in the late '80s. Um, I saw him. I think it was it was must have been San Jose, uh, not yeah, San Jose, California. And um, and my dad and I gave him a ride to um, Santa Rosa um, or Sacramento, and we were we were just talking. He and he said that like he predicted the civil unrest that we're that we're having right now, but not to this extent. Um, so I do th- I I think I I think that we're on we're on the brink of something horrible with a fascist state, but I also think that we're on the brink of something wonderful and beautiful because I think that people are starting to wake up. And be- why it's like our Bell used to say that he was feeling there was going to be an awakening yeah or no the quickening quickening the quickening (laughs) yeah but i miss art bell i wonder what i wonder what he would think about all of this (laughs) Uh, definitely it's that's why uh whenever there's not a live show on we play 24 7 art bell on the station because i loved whenever he was on i would listen to him whenever I could. Well, you know what? If you if you would ever like to air one of my episodes of the podcast, just let me know. Um, I, I I would I would be honored if you'd like to um, air one of my episodes. Um, and I have to actually invite you guys onto my podcast so I can pick your brain because I feel as if I've dominated the conversation tonight. I just I just love listening. So I, was I do like, too. I'm the shy one, but I do listen. Yep. So, anyway, I don't. Uh, this hour. Yep. Huh? No, go ahead. Yeah. No, this hour. Yeah, this hour went by extremely quick. And there's like so much that we really haven't set foot into. Yeah. This... Uh, we would love if you came on the show again in the near future well hey listen we have got to do a conversation the three of us because it's july 4th weekend is coming up i could talk you guys to sleep talking about roswell new mexico and project grudge and project blue book so there we go there's a topic that i'm like like my kids when i was uh when 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 i was raising my kids um i used to tell them bedtime stories about the about the things that that i that i read that day um and uh yeah and there was a man by the name of j allen hayek who was once a skeptic but then he became a true believer when he was hired to do investigations for project blue book the end and the kids will be out to sleep. Now, um, you know what? Right now, let's make a commitment for um, first or second week in July, uh, the first Monday of July. Let's let's talk about Roswell because I, I got I got questions. And I have so many things to say about that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Me too. <laughs> I, I could probably do an hour on uh, that or longer. All right. All right. So anyway, guys, th- um, thank you so much for having me on the show. Like I said, I'm sorry for dominating it so much, but I had, I had, I, I've been prepping for this um, <laughs> because I mean, we, this, this is our third go at it, trying to do it. So I had all of my show notes ready to go. So that's awesome. Uh, before you go, uh, throw out any social media websites show name anything like that that uh, you want people to know about well you guys can just do a search for me um just do a search for fedora chronicle on twitter uh you can find the fedora chronicles radio show on most podcast services out there my my uh my best friend who is a best friend of my wedding jay cousineau and i do a weekly show called news of the week with jay cousineau funny how that worked out 
um, where we where it's it's a news program for nerds, um, classic film snobs and fellow conspiracy theorists where we talk about all the news that the media has forgotten or doesn't want to cover. Um, I also do a podcast called um, True Crime One-on-One where I talk to um, uh, other true crime podcasters and um, victims advocates. Um, You could just find me um, on thefedorachronicles.com and you can just do a search for Eric Fisk on on facebook you'll know it's me i'm the one with the crazy hat and um and just do a search for the fedora chronicles we're right there um on on facebook and i'm also um i'm also working on a couple of other projects that i'd love to be able to share with you guys i'm also i'm actually i'm actually working on a library of of um uh conspiracies that everybody should know but don't that's an, that's one of the projects that I'm working on right now. So, and you get this is this has been a huge pleasure for me. I am so happy that I was able to do your show. Thank you, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show as well. It really has. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful night. I sh- I sh- I sure will. I will sure will. Take care, guys, and be safe. We will. <laughs> hey, you do the same. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night.